Welcome to another episode of the Penny and Pops podcast under the MagicBasketballOnline.com name. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. Let's talk 2016 NBA Draft. All right, so let's jump into this. Uh, the Orlando Magic have the number 11, the number 41, and the number 47 picks in uh, this upcoming June 30, uh, 23rd, uh, 2016 NBA draft. Uh, this episode is going to be dedicated to just that number 11th pick. The next podcast is all about what they should do in the second round. Uh, my question to you is, Spencer, right out the gate, do you think the Magic will keep their pick? Should they keep their pick? Do you think that the Magic are already young enough to the point where they they don't need another draft pick, or do you think there's enough talent out there to where I think you can definitely dive in and grab somebody at 11? Well, firstly, I think that the NBA draft is uh, is always a very exciting time, and we're a franchise that has been uh, blessed with lottery luck and, and selecting um, great players in spots where they're available. And also the you know the more in depth and and hardcore fan you are, I think the more you enjoy the draft because there's unlimited combinations and permutations of you know anything can happen. Um, for our team, I I think we still haven't really hit lately in the draft. For, obviously, we don't have an all star. Uh, we don't have a superstar at the moment. Not yet. Not well, yet. Not developed yeah, yet. Right. So I think that you can't say that you, that you want to move out and trade for an established veteran because you're not going to get great value at 11. And I think the as they always tend to do year after year, about six weeks before the draft, it's the worst draft ever. And then as we get closer to the day where names are called, it's the deepest draft that we've seen in years. So I think there's certainly value to be had at number 11. And uh, I think there are people that we'll, we'll talk about throughout the course of this episode that may be worth uh, the magic selecting. Yeah, so this isn't like past teams of uh, in the decades that we've seen the magic, obviously, draft where the magic for like a full decade almost went without picking anyone decent. Um, I think that stopped when they got Mike Miller. Yeah. Um, so not a full decade. We'll, we'll say about six years where the magic after Shaq basically yeah. got nothing. What's up, Ryan Humphrey? Yeah. So, uh, and then, you know, a couple years there where McGrady's carrying the team, Magic Waste picks on Gerald Sasser and Reese Gaines, and then it kind of gets a little bit better when Dwight Howard and Jameer come in in that 2004 class. So, but, I mean, the Magic under Rob Hennigan, who took over back in 2012, I think have done pretty good. I mean, you look at his track record, he got Andrew Nicholson at number 19, who he is a free agent this offseason. I feel like he got screwed over as far as playing time goes throughout his time in Orlando every and single I, year. And I would I would not blame him if he ran far away from here. I think he needs to needs to go elsewhere for his own sake. Because, yeah. And maybe Frank Vogel would, has something in mind for him, but he certainly torched Indiana the last couple of years. I mean, if there's one if there's one coach that knows what he's capable of at his best, it would be Vogel. And I think it's just interesting that still at the moment Andrew Nicholson has the longest tenure on the Magic at the moment. That may change. If if he departs, then it's going to be Nikola Vucevic after yeah. that, who the Magic obviously traded for uh, during that Dwight block, uh, Blockbuster tra- trade back in 2012. So uh, Kylo Quinn was picked at 49 in the second round of 2012. I think that's about as quality of a pick as you can come up with. Uh, at 49, a lot of guys crash out of the league that you never hear of that get picked at that spot, and you got Kylo Quinn making decent money in New York at the moment. Certainly a serviceable backup, and he earned a second contract, so you can't really have no qualms there. Um, we talk about what's a deep draft, what's a bad draft. I think you're looking at 2013 as being a relatively bad draft. That's when the Magic got Victor Oladipo at number two. And other than Giannis Adetokounmpo, and I believe Rudy Gobert was in that draft too, you don't have anyone that's that good in that draft so i think the magic for what was there did pretty good getting oladipo at number two yeah uh it'll be interesting going forward whether the magic keep him, whether they plan on re-signing him you know either to an extension this this offseason or you know to a fresh deal when he's a free agent next year uh they got you know, hennigan picked romero osby at 51st uh, in 2013 i think injuries robbed him of having a legitimate chance of making the team He's doing pretty well in Europe, or he's done pretty well in Europe. And, you know, again, when you're picking that deep in a draft, it's, you know, you can't ask for too much. Throwing darts. Yeah. yeah. 
2014 is where you get the intrigue as far as the Magic shocked the world by not picking Dante Exum, and they got Aaron Gordon instead at number four. It's looking pretty decent right now. I mean, he's still raw. He's still developing his his game. Um, he's got a potential to be an all-star, and he's got the world's attention thanks to that amazing dunk contest. So we'll, we'll hope he has a full summer to really hone his skills and not have to deal with injury and recovery, and I'm really excited to see what he'll be able to do next season. And then also in 2014, the Magic drafted Dario Saric at number 12, which ended up being a trade that got Alfred Payton here from Philadelphia. I still view Alfred Payton as a franchise point guard. He's got pressure on him coming up in, the, in his third season now, so we'll see how he does. I'm very glad that when it came push to shove between Skiles and Alfred that Hennigan and the Magic fam, front office and family really ended up siding with Hennigan's vision for the team. So, you know, there's going to be pressure there for Alfred. And then you go to last year's draft, 2015, the Magic got Mario Hazonia. I'm very high on Super Mario. I think that he's going to flourish pretty well under Vogel more than he definitely did his rookie season under Skiles. I mean, he couldn't even get he couldn't get onto the NBA rookie teams really. So just because he just didn't get the opportunity, and maybe it's going to benefit him in the long term as far as de- him developing his defense. But you got to let Mario be Mario, and Mario in Europe was was known and is known as a scorer. He was brought along slowly for sure, but as the course of the season wore on I think he was given a little bit more responsibility a little bit more time on the court Um, and his his confidence level seemed to stay uh, high throughout the course of the year so I think that bodes well for what he'll be able to do going into next year and then lastly also at 51 in that 2015 draft the Magic got Tyler Harvey out of Eastern Washington who that guy can score he proved in Erie he can score it's just a matter of can he be an NBA player and we'll see I honestly think he deserves a shot to try and go after that third point guard spot this uh, this summer I think clearly he'll play in the summer league this year and uh, get another look at the you know during the preseason he is a clean slate now new coaching staff obviously Hennigan is still here he drafted him and presumably believes in him uh, I'm not gonna hold my breath though well, you know I like my lucky lefty, so you I do. think Tyler, Tyler needs to needs, needs to be given a shot. So, all right, enough going over Hennigan's draft resume. There's there's a lot of pressure on him now because the Magic absolutely have to make the playoffs this season. They have to. He's gone through his thir- he's, this is his fourth head coach now that he's dealing with, and obviously Borrego was a interim, but this is the fourth head coach they're dealing with now with Vogel, and Hennigan's not going to survive to see another one if this, this doesn't work out. Yeah. So, Part of, obviously, there's going to be a lot of focus on free agency, but Rob's had a pretty keen eye, I think, during his draft histories, and I think that he can find some gems here, especially if the Magic keep this number 11 pick. So we're going to use uh, the website draftexpress.com to just kind of go down the list of prospects that are expected to go in whatever order uh, in the first round. And obviously the Magic are slated at 11. Spencer and I are going to go and talk about one through eight who's who's projected to go one through eight right now and we're going to pick who our favorite person is out of that draft or out of, out of that position or and who is probably going to be a bust out of that position so number one ben simmons lsu there's not much disagreement between anyone that he won't go at number one at this point even though he's not working out but he's already talking to the sixers who have that first pick uh the only other person that could go number one right now is brandon ingram the Lakers are looking at getting him at number two. I think your forearm Spencer are bigger than his legs, huh. so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, he's listed at 196 pounds. I don't know if I can believe that or not, but um, you know, for a six-nine guy, he needs to bulk up a lot. Uh, and then you get to Chris Dunn, who was kind of a turny sensation a little bit there with Providence. Mm-hmm. 22 years old. He's one of the older guys here in this lottery. Uh, then you got Marquise Chris, who a lot of people thought the Magic might get him at 11, but he shot up the ranks, uh, up the draft boards. Pretty here. shockingly, yeah. And he's the he's the almost 19-year-old uh, forward out of Washington. And he's kind of somebody that I think the Magic should look for as far as a guy who can defend pretty well at a big man spot, but who has plenty of offensive range. And you just need a good dual, dual two-way player that you feel, even, even at their young age, can contribute off the bench now. Um, so Chris is slated to go four to Phoenix. Five is Buddy Heald. He is 22 and a half years old. Everyone saw all the scoring he did at Oklahoma. He averaged 25 points per game last season. He's, he's I think, the only senior at, at, that we'll talk about here in this top 
eight top 11 that we're going to talk about. I think one of the rare players that went back, he could have come out last year. He went back for his senior season, and I think it obviously clearly helped his draft stock. Jamal Murray is slated to go number six to New Orleans, who I think the Pelicans would do backflips if they can get him. But, uh, you know, he's he had a fairly decent freshman season, considering a lot of people thought it was, it was rocky. But, I mean, statistically, he averaged 20 points per game, so you can't hate on the kid for that. Um, whether he's more of a point guard or shooting guard, who knows, but he's 6'5", and he's got the range to, to handle both positions. The guy who's been falling a lot of lately is Dragon Bender, uh, the Croatian power forward, seven foot one power forward. Many thought he could kind of be like Kristaps Porzingis was for the Knicks last year, but man, he went from being a top three pick to he's going to seven at New York to New, uh, Denver right now. Um, and then eight, we'll round out the top eight here with Jalen Brown, who is slated to go number eight to the Sacramento Kings. He's a forward freshman from California. He's kind of in that LeBron James mold. So my question to you, Spencer, and it could be very obvious, you could pick the top guy. I don't know. But who of these top eight guys do you like the most as being the best prospect out of these eight? I think for me, I really like Brandon Ingram. Uh, I know you talked about his uh, lack of lack of bulk, but he's young, as they all are now, right? I mean, they're 18, 19 years old, except for the seniors. So there's plenty of time to get the man strength think it would be a disservice if he ended up in L.A. because you already have D'Angelo Russell last year. Um, and, you know, that's, you're not going to draft a point guard to replace a point guard that you're that you're pretty high on. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's a little room. I mean, there there could be a little bit of a fight for minutes with Julius Randle or whatnot. But we'll, right. we'll we'll see as far as as far as that because the Lakers just need players and they could use a guy that's a potential star. And I think Ingram, if his body holds up through the rigors of the NBA game, could could potentially be that guy for sure. Um, my guy that I actually am in love with and it it hasn't changed since last summer is Jamal Murray. Uh, I saw that kid play for the Canadian national team, and it doesn't matter what type of opposition he went up against the quality. I saw that kid hit quite a few clutch shots. I saw a kid that's very confident to lead a team, and that's a lot. That's, that, that was amazing for me to see for a, guy, a kid that was barely 18 years old at the time who's now 19 in this draft who I think he, again, had a fairly successful freshman season at Kentucky. I don't know if John Calipari and his staff knew exactly how to handle Murray, I mean, they pretty much treated him as a, as just a combo guard scorer. Um, I think he's got better point guard potential than maybe people give him credit for. But one thing you can't question his, is his range. And, you know, it would be amazing if he somehow fell to 11 to the Magic. That's not going to happen. I think him being at 6 is going to be a steal for New Orleans. So that's interesting to me. We talk about who we think will be, uh, have, you know, the best career or best rookie season. And now I think we're going to talk about uh, which one of these eight might have the uh, the highest chance of being a bust? Not a, not totally in love with Chris Dunn. I think he's pretty loose with the basketball. Um, certainly can make plays, but sometimes at the risk of trying to make a play, uh, bad things happen. But I my pick for the player in the top eight that I'm least sold on would be Jamal Murray. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So he's obviously uh, one and done from Kentucky, as they all are. I think he, the model that he should really focus on following is Devin Booker from last season, who came in and really had a great impact in Phoenix as, mm-hmm. a, as a knockdown shooter. My qualm here, my problem with Murray, is he's a shooter that can't shoot. And I think that uh, his percentages weren't that great, his shot... Uh, the selection shot selection was not that great and maybe that's mismanagement maybe he'll have a little bit freer reign in the NBA than he did with Calipari but also his his father's a little meddling he's got handlers and stuff I don't know how I feel about his entourage coming in no that's fair and he's one of the ones that really uh, you know you have an NBA skill and that's shooting Will it translate to the NBA? Will you be able to get your shot off? Will you be able to work around the scheming defenses? And if you're not making shots, what else are you going to do? So I, I think the percentages this year were a bit of an anomaly. I think that because his shot selection wasn't the best, that's why his percentages suffered. I mean, I think he's a pure sh- scorer. He's a pure shooter, and I think he will be fine. Um, I kind of agree with you on Chris Dunn. 
I, I'm a little surprised he's going as high as he's projected to go third. I think he's more of like six to eight range. But hey, you know, I, I don't get paid to to, to watch these guys. And I mean, look, we're not sitting in a room and interviewing these guys. That part of it too is sitting down, seeing what, how they think, what their mind, what their mindset is, not just on the court but off the court as well. And that's why. You know, we always get surprised during these drafts that, oh, I can't believe this guy fell this far. And then we find out that, like, oh, this guy's a whack job. Yeah, I think it's important to remember as a casual fan or someone who's not, um, you know, working with these people on a professional level day in and day out. The talent level across all of these kids is really comparable. And the differentiators are their mental makeup, their work ethic, um, even, you know, personality fit. A basketball team is no different than, a, you know, a corporate organization. Yeah. And the culture that you establish, you got to find someone who's not going to come in and fuck up the ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, you got to you're trying to find the right fit for your team and you're trying to make, you know, the players hoping they find the right fit for their skill set. So you can do all the homework in the world. And that's why you still see so many hits and so many misses in the draft. Yeah, so I think the guy that I would stay away from, and I think people are starting to realize that's why he's kind of dropped in the draft a little bit, is Jalen Brown, who's now that's down at number eight. Interesting. Um, he can't shoot worth the lick. I, I'm sorry. He's he just his form is off. He's a slow. He has a very slow release. I mean, he's he's great if you think that he's going to turn into LeBron. I mean, I've, I've I watched a bunch of film on him at his time and with you know during his time in California, and the guy just knows how to get to the rim. But he's going up against college defenses. What happens when he goes up up against a bunch of grown men? Yeah. You know, so you know it's great that you might think he might be a LeBron Jr. kind of way. I mean, he's six seven, two twenty three. I mean, he's got the frame to to be kind of that type of person, but. He just can't shoot, and I. It's kind of. It'd be interesting what he does if he ends up in Sacramento because Sacramento is not exactly known for developing talent that no. well so far. So, anyway, uh, before we go down any more draft picks, um, I, here's a fun question for you. So the Magic again has a number eleventh pick. Do you draft the best player available? Do you draft position of need? And if it's position of need, what position do you think the Magic actually go for? Well, I think the position of need is the front court, and you can keep that open-ended as the rest of the NBA is doing now, where really everything is interchangeable. Uh, That being said, for me, I would draft best player available, and I would do that because, as we talked about earlier, we, we haven't found an established star yet. So if you reach and take a risk on uh, shooting guard or, you know, combo wing, and they end up being better than Mario Hazonia or Victor Oladipo, then everyone's a winner. Ship them out, create some, you know, we, we've accumulated assets, and we need to continue to accumulate assets, I think. So are you then of the mindset that the Magic should go more towards an older prospect than a guy that's 18 or 19 years old? Not necessarily, I don't think. Okay. And I'd be interested to get your thoughts on that too. But the while we don't have a superstar, we have a quali- we have a number of quality pieces. So yes. I think you have the benefit, much like they did with Hazonia last year, is you can you can take a one and done guy, you can take a international player who's eighteen, nineteen years old, and give them a limited role off the bench and see how they handle it, develop them. And then give them more as they earn it. You know, I think you you don't need to take a, not that we're going to be in the position to, but I don't think you need to take a buddy healed and go, okay, we know this is a known quantity. We're going to plug him in right away. And he's going to be the extra 5% that slides us into the eighth spot to get us into the playoffs. I don't think we need to do that. I think you got to be rock solid in your evaluation and then pull the trigger. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the ideal situation is you get the best player available. That also fills a need. That's obviously the right. best. So, I again, I, I'm not prejudiced against youth or old at, at this point. And by old, I'm talking 22, 23 years old. So these guys are still young. Yeah. They're all very moldable, honestly. I mean, all of them can, can look completely different from what they what they were in college or overseas. It doesn't matter if they've been playing for six months in college or four years. It really doesn't. It's a completely different game. Yeah. So um, I think the Magic do need front court depth, like you said, uh, especially since Jason Smith, Dwayne Dedman, and Andrew Nicholson are all free agents. 
you pretty much only got Nikola Vucevic there manning manning the center position. So, you know, with the salary cap now apparently rising up to ninety four million dollars come this off season, going up from seventy million. Oof. You know, so that's a twenty four million dollar difference right there. Everyone needs to spend money. The salary floor is eighty six million. Everybody has to spend at least eighty six million dollars, or else the rest of that money goes to the players on their team, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but teams kind of have this phobia of doing that. Right. So um so anyway we're gonna go through the the rest of the list of people here in the first round uh we'll we'll, we'll find a stopping point somewhere here in the lottery i guess around four you know the lottery would be 14 um but anyway the person that's listed at number nine uh on draftexpress.com is jacob Podol, the uh big center from from utah he's seven foot one he's 20 and a half years old stiff to about 240 pounds i wouldn't call him a stiff but I mean, and I guess maybe we can mention who number ten is listed at. Number ten is Henry Ellenson, the uh, the freshman uh, power forward at Marquette. He's also a seven footer. Maybe many some people think he could become a Dirk Nowitzki or a Kristaps Porzingis as well. But I don't buy into the hype for either of them. I think that as long as Nikola Vucevic is on the team, you don't even need to look at either of them. Um, I mean, Podol he's got post moves, but Vuce has post moves and a lot more range to yeah. his game. You look at Ellenson. Ellenson looks very slow for me. Um, yeah, he's got a nice re- release. He's got that three-point uh, percentage pretend potential, but he didn't really shoot it that well at Marquette. And he, neither of these guys can really defend. I'd say Poto is maybe an underrated defender a little bit there, but neither of these guys can defend, and the Magic could use a little bit of extra shot-blocking help. And I don't think either of these two guys really get the job done, and I think the Magic should stay away from Podol and Ellenson. Yeah, I think in a vacuum I actually really like Henry Ellenson, but I don't think it's an appropriate fit to select him and pair him with Vucevic. There's really no room for him. But if you look at Henry Ellenson, uh, to me he reminds me more of a Ryan Anderson type. He uh, obviously has a a knockdown stroke and the uh, ability to develop that further. But the little one dribble attack and, you know, the spin move that Ryan Anderson started employing in New Orleans, I think he can uh, really go to work on that. But the way the league is shaping up now, it's so much easier to defend a stretch four when you switch a pick and roll. And if you don't have a Dwight Howard or an Andre Drummond to really command a double team in the paint Mm -hmm. or to roll hard and force the help to come over... I don't think Ellenson has the speed, footwork, or quickness to separate and get a shot off. So what value does he bring you if he's not going to be an interior defender, not going to have the athleticism to be a top-flight rebounder, and quite frankly, there's no room for him. Just to touch on Podol, too, the last first-round draft pick that we drafted out of Utah, who was a center, was Michael Doliak. And uh, I don't think Podol will be that much better than Michael Doliak. I, I would say, though, Doliak is more of a jump shooter, I think, for, for a center position. Podol can post up, guys. He can get, he can get to the rim, I, I'll say. I mean, he, he's, a, he's a wide 7-1. He, he's pretty light on his feet, but it's not something the Magic need, I don't think. Ellenson, you kind of basically just described him as Channing Fry um, in his time with the Magic and him not doing anything in the NBA Finals yeah. pretty much at this point. So, yeah, I, I don't think the Magic need him. I mean, if... His type of talent or skill set was available maybe late in the first round or in the second round, then we'd be talking something different. But at that spot, there's better guys on the board, I feel like. So we're going to go to number 11 now where the Magic are picking. Draft Express and a lot of other websites, a lot of draft prognosticators have the Magic taking Scal Labissiere or Labissiere. Uh, I don't know how you say his last name. It's a Haitian French type of last name. I'm sure you know we'll we'll know it maybe sooner, you know, better in the in the near future. But he's the seven foot power forward center out of Kentucky. He had a very very rocky freshman year. He basically did nothing half the year, and then he finally kind of woke up once the calendar turned to 2016. Um, and even I mean even then he didn't really pick it up till like March to be honest. Yeah, a little um, underwhelming. I think it's hard for me to really judge any of the Kentucky players because, you know, not only are they adjusting to from high school to college, but then they're adjusting to everybody else that that Calipari brings in every year. So um, certainly not an impressive freshman season, but as you said, he did show a little bit of growth and progression as the year went along, so I guess that's better than the alternative, right? Yeah, I mean, he and it's like he only averaged six and a half points per game and like three rebounds per game. Only I only know of like international prospects that could get away with those statistics, right? So again, 
he's on a stacked Calipari Kentucky team. Um, he, some people think he could become like a Chris a Chris Bosh. He's skinny. He's not as skinny as Brandon Ingram, thankfully for his sake. You know, he's listed at 216 pounds, but I mean, you know, he's got the potential to become a two-way player. Well, he'll block some shots here and there, but he can spread the floor. And I personally don't care for him. I think the Magic should stay away from him. Um, I I think when we'll we'll get to him, we'll get to a couple other options that I like better than Scal. Um, I think his reflexes are slow. I mean, it's one thing to see him at workouts like the Magic did. They went to the IMG uh, tryout or workouts over in Tampa. I want to say it was a week or two ago. I think the Magic had like seven seats reserved for that workout. So they watched Scal there do his work, and it's one you know workouts completely different from a game. And I right. just watch game film of him during a game and I just don't like his feel for the game I don't like it it just doesn't seem fluid or natural and I I fear that he won't be able to react well to NBA speed being seven feet tall and having great measurables is not enough to guarantee success anymore um and if you don't have the the mental capacity to learn the concepts and execute quickly then uh, there's not a lot of hope for you. Yeah, and Scal hasn't proven that he can be a consistent shooter either. That's the other thing. So I think the Magic should stay away. So we're going to move down now to uh, number 12. Uh, Utah Jazz are picking there at 12. They're projected to get uh, Wade Baldwin out of Vanderbilt. Sophomore point guard, 20 years old. I actually like his game. I think Vanderbilt was a fairly interesting team to watch in college a little bit. I I didn't get – look, when you watch NBA games for – as much as we do it's tough to watch college games let's be honest it but is. Vanderbilt had a pretty fun squad they had a few players that that really made made watching an SEC game fairly okay um I like Wade Baldwin but the Magic don't need to pick a point guard at that at 11 they, yeah. they really don't that's one of those things where we talk about best players available or drafting for a need and the the one position that the Magic really don't have any room to bring someone else aboard would be point guard. So yeah, not with Alfred Payton, who again I view as a franchise point guard. They got C.J. Watson under contract for at least another year. They're paying him a decent five million dollars, but he's got to stay on the court. He can't miss two thirds of a season. He just yeah. can't. And then they already have potential prospects for the third point guard position already. Whether it's Tyler Harvey, whether it's someone else from overseas or summer league or the D league, they got options yeah. there. Or they could go for a, an older veteran. Who knows? Right. So I think Baldwin will be a good player. The Jazz could use point guard help. He'll go fine there at twelve. Uh, I'm a little surprised that uh, number thirteen is a little bit as high as he is now. He's kind of crept up a little bit of late. That would be Demontis Sabonis. Uh, we kind of talked about him a few podcasts ago, but he's a 20-year-old big man out of uh, Gonzaga. He is the son of legendary Lithuanian big man Arvidas Sabonis. He's also a lucky lefty, and he's slated to go 13 to Phoenix. I like him a lot. I don't know. I mean, I'd actually wouldn't mind if the Magic picked him at 11. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I think he's got. He ha- as far as guys that are on this lottery, he's got probably the most energy and high motor that that i don't like that term high motor but it actually applies to him i don't see many big guys at 610 dive on the floor the way he does and the man brings passion and you know i like me a euro that brings passion yeah he certainly has the pedigree right uh arvita sabonis was incredible um i don't think obviously he's not as skilled or a passer or has as deft a touch as sabonis did but the visions there i mean the, the the possibility is there he's he's a decent enough athlete and uh as you mentioned the passion and fire i mean he he's an asshole on the court and we, <laughs> quite frankly uh the magic could use that yeah we haven't really had one in a while i think jason smith filled that void a little bit but and then he stopped yeah like around so december he to, stopped <laughs> to get a guy uh who brings a little bit of a mean streak and toughness uh that really says a lot for you know it brings the t- there's it provides the cohesion necessary uh where everyone feels like they're you know pulling pulling the rope the same way so uh i I'd, I'd love to have him but uh he has not worked out for the team so yeah he is it's interesting though that the out of he's the only guy in this first round that it's been reported that he has not worked out for the Magic, and it was kind of almost not vehemently said, but it was convincingly said, which makes me think that it could be a smokescreen and the right. Magic could draft him. Right. So, I mean, the, the Magic only have, like, about 12 names that I know of that they worked out, uh, and some of them aren't even expected to be drafted. So 
you know, the Magic have done a really good job of keeping everything top secret, and so I wouldn't rule out them getting taking Sabonis. Um, like he's got the statistics to back it up. He averaged seventeen and a half points per game and almost twelve rebounds per game. He's a very good rebounder. You know, he yeah. might not have the physical tools. He, he's six ten and his wingspan isn't much better than that. So, so he he doesn't bring the shot blocking need, but he's basically a better offensive option than Tyler Hansborough ever was. Yeah. But he brings the attitude that you want from from somebody that the Magic could need. That you need a pesky guy like him, and I think Sabonis you could throw him in off the bench immediately as a eighth or ninth guy off the bench, and I yeah, think he'd certainly. be fine. So. Going down to 14 now, the Chicago Bulls, to and this is to conclude the lottery portion, the Chicago Bulls are slated to take Timothy Luawu, who is playing for Megalex. If you have no idea what the heck that Serbian team is, Megalex has been, is a very intriguing, intriguing team. They are basically a AAU team for European basketball, but they actually win. Um, they've, been, they've, they've dominated the Serbian League. They've done well in the Adriatic League, and... Basically, if you're 23 years old, years old or older, you're considered old on that team. I mean, the, these these guys, this team is known for pumping out just prospects. Um, you look at guys that they've had in the past on their team. Uh, Nikola Jokic on the Denver Nuggets comes to mind. I think Boban Marjanovic had a cup of coffee with them a few years ago. Um, but they have they're projected to have three or four guys get drafted in this draft. Two of them going in like the top 25 picks and one of them is timothy luawu he's 21 years old he's got that french background yeah. uh he's he, he's a wing at this point he's he's six seven he's 205 pounds he's i it it's it, it maybe i'm wrong in thinking this but i think he could be a nicholas batum i honestly god think that he's got the ball handles that evan fournier has he doesn't have the shooting yet but he he has the capability to create his shot from anywhere he dunks with ferocity that few other guys in this draft can do. And, you know, he averaged about 14.5 points per game this season with Megalex, and I, I'm in love with this guy. He's, he's in my top three for guys the Magic should look at if yeah. they keep the number 11 pick. I don't know if you have any thoughts on Luwawu. If not, I can move on to the next guy. I think you've said it all. Uh, I think it's time that we drafted somebody with a fun name again, so why not Timothy? I mean, look, we have. I mean, we already have a couple French-speaking guys. Let's bring in the Wawu. Why not? Um, it's you know, last it was funny. I went into this draft specifically thinking, okay, the Magic can't look at it getting an international prospect. They just can't. They got to get in a guy that they can plug in fairly quickly. But Luwawu is different from all the other international guys that we're going to go through in this podcast episode and the next podcast because. He he just he looks like an NBA guy immediately. He just has that capability to be a guy that you don't need to start him right away. This guy loves playing defense. You can't say that about a lot of international prospects. He loves playing defense, but at the same time, he's got the ability to be a fantastic two-way player, and I'm very intrigued by him. And I think 14 is too low for him, to be honest. Yeah. So moving on, we got an international prospect, uh, Firkin Korkmaz. The, uh, he's expected to go to Denver at 15. Uh, he's a pretty tall 6'7". He's listed at shooting guard, but I mean you could potentially put him at small forward as well. He did not play often for uh, Anadolu FS. Uh, they they were a EuroLeague team. They made a pretty good Euro, uh, European run. Um, and he, like, he only averaged four points per game. He's a young kid. He's not even 19 years old yet. He's getting there. And I, I think he's one of those prospects that the Magic need to just stay away on. I don't know if, you, if you've got a different opinion on uh, Mr. Firkin and Kegler or not. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Uh, he's slated to go to Denver. Um, and to me, I, I definitely see shades of uh, Evan Fournier and him, I think. Uh, certainly a lot of room for improvement and development. I don't think he could help the Magic immediately next season. But uh, I think in a couple of years if he continues to grow uh that's kind of what i see is maybe he might be an evan fournier replacement well i i, I don't view him as as mobile as fournier or hazonia so i think athletically the magic have done pretty well as far as international um wing players go but i i, I would stay away from cork he ha- he hasn't done enough in my eyes um and i got a question for you and 
the Magic do have the number 11th pick, but there's a couple of teams in this draft that have multiple first-round picks. You look at the Denver Nuggets, they have 7, 15, and 19. You look at Boston, they have 16 and 23, I believe, 23. And, you know, the Sixers have the first pick, the 24th pick, and the 26th pick. Um, do you think the Magic not only well should should keep that first, keep a first-round pick, do you think they should actually get a second one, whether it's trade down or trade another asset to get another first-round pick? Because I think this draft is deep enough Especially, I think 11 through 20, I can make a pretty good argument that the guys that will get picked 11 through 20 could have better careers than the guys 1 through 10. Wow. Um, you know, we're going to go through the rest of these names, but do you think the Magic should actually get another pick considering, look, the 11th pick is going to get paid about $2.4 million. You know, again, the, this, the cap is rising exponentially. It's up to $94 million this this upcoming season. It's going to be up to, I think, 113 next year, I believe, or $107 million. Um, these guys are cheap. If you get the guys in the first round, you're getting them on good, really cheap, good contracts for the next four or five years. Yeah, you make a good point in that it's maybe worth taking a flyer on a guy at number 19 or number 20 and seeing if he pans out because comparatively – you're paying him two million of a ninety-four million, hundred million salary cap. Uh, you can't get that value on the open market anymore, right? Uh, to me, I I would be hard pressed to see the Magic pick up another pick in the first round to make a move to to you know gain another selection. I think there's going to be a ton of movement, as you mentioned. There are multiple teams with multiple picks. I think they're going to get packaged together in some way. People are going to move up. People are going to move down. I wouldn't be surprised if the Magic uh, did what they did for uh, Alfred Payton, where you know maybe somebody slides, maybe maybe someone in the top ten starts to slide. They go ahead and go, okay, we'll we'll take him for you at eleven, and then maybe we slide down and flip to number fifteen and pick up an asset uh, and someone else that's on our draft board while helping another team out. Yeah, I'm I'm more than fine with the Magic trading 11 for to either Denver for 15 and 19 or to Boston for 16 and 23 and I think those are realistic trades to be honest if Denver Denver's pretty young as is and they're going through a slight rebuild right now but they still got guys like Danilo Gallinari and Kenneth Fareed who you don't know if they're going to trade them or not so and and we'll see what if they want to stay young or get younger or if they want to get a little bit more veteran help or a little bit more save that money for for free agency i don't know but i think the magic would be wise to at least look at possibly moving down because i'm going to go through some of these names and i think a lot of these guys are really good i'm i think some of these guys are better than some of the guys that are listed in the top 10 you look at 16 boston is slated to get deontay davis the uh the big man from michigan state 611 freshman he's about 19 and a half years old and I think Deontay Davis should be the guy the Magic pick at number 11. He is my, if, if we have our own little board that we're putting names and pinning them up on the board, yeah. Deontay Davis is my guy at that pick, at 11. If he's on the board, he's the guy I'm getting. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit in a previous episode. Uh, I think those, <laughs> those strengths and weaknesses obviously still apply. Uh, he has a ton of potential to come in and really impact the front court, so I'm right there with you. I mean, I think, and I, I don't know why he's dropped because the there there were boards that had him going eighth or ninth for a bit, then eleventh to the Magic. Now he's dropped down to sixteen on a, on this Draft Express site, and I don't know why he's dropped down. Maybe he hasn't interviewed well. Maybe think people think he's a little shy or quiet. I, I don't know, but from what I've seen on the court, even though he he was coming off the bench for that for the Spartans. I think that Deontay Davis could be an Anthony Davis type of player. I think he's got the amazing shot blocking ability. You float, you float any ball up in the air, he will grab it and throw it down immediately. There, he has the ability to be a fantastic power forward partner to Vucevic at center, and he's got the capability to become a jump shooter, or to be a, a solid jump shooter as well. He's got the range. He, I've seen I've seen him practice three point shots or whatnot. He's got the ability, and I think the Magic should really consider going after him. Um, you go down to number seventeen, the guy who I consider uh, a, a mini Clay Thompson or a, a Clay Thompson light is Malachi Richardson from Syracuse. Uh, he's about twenty and a half years old. Uh, he's six six, 
200 pounds. You could slot him in at shooting guard or small forward. I think he's more of a small forward at the moment. I don't know if he's mobile enough to handle shooting guards, but this kid can shoot. And his hair would fit in well with the magic yeah. as well. But this kid can shoot. He can he can shoot it from anywhere. He showed it off at, with the orange at Syracuse. I mean, he's he might not be as mobile or as reliable defender as Clay Thompson is, but he's got the capability to be a fantastic addition, especially in the middle of the first round. And I wouldn't be mad if the Magic went after him as well. Yeah, I have no additional comments to add other than uh, much like NBA teams shied away from drafting players from Duke in the previous decade, that's kind of how I feel about drafting players from Syracuse in this decade. I'd rather take a pass. And that's fair. I mean, look, it's yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong for that. I mean, some people are avoiding you know Kansas players. You know, it just depends. I it, you know you look at you know Joel Embiid. He's he can't stay on a court now. Part of that's injuries as well. But I mean, you look at another big man that played pretty well for them, Perry Ellis. He's nowhere near the first round because people don't want to touch him. So it's very interesting. Uh, speaking of Kansas, uh, Detroit at number 18 is slated to get uh, Chick Dialu. Um, he probably has the smallest stat line out of everybody because he just didn't get many minutes as a freshman. And he's a fairly old freshman. He's, he's cre- creeping up on 20 years old. But he's he averaged three points per game, two and a half boards per game. I mean, but he's got that defensive potential. He's 6'9", though. He's kind of small for a power forward. I don't know if he's going to grow anymore. I doubt it. I mean, but I mean, he's not even 20 yet. I mean, but six nine—that's kind of small now for a power forward. That's yeah. that's what we've come to with the NBA now. You're small if you're considered six nine. You have Charles Charles Barkley, who's six four, rumbling around as a right. beastly power forward. Dennis Rodman might have been like six six, did the same thing. But Diallo, I mean, he's got the potential to be something. But I, I don't know if the Magic should touch him. Um, I think that's enough said on that. Yeah, I think he uh, kind of is bearing the brunt of the fact that there's a lot of top prospects that are power forward centers that are certainly above him. Um, Demetrius Jackson, the, uh, the fairly famous point guard out of Notre Dame, is slated to go to Denver at number 19. Uh, junior, you had a decent junior year. I mean, about 16 points per game, three and a half boards, five assists per game. Uh, you know, do you think? Do you think he's better? Do you think Demetrius Jackson is a better prospect than uh, the point guard that was drafted last year to New York, uh, Harvey Grant's son, uh, Jerry? Or yeah. no, uh, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry Grant. Do you think that he's better than than him? Um, I don't. I I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look, he 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 he's done a good well carrying that that Irish team, but I. I would stay awake, and the there's, Magic don't really need to look at point guard in no, the first and there's, round. There's an interesting story uh, about him kind of moving in with a helpful family, so go check that out. Seems to be, by all accounts, a really good kid. Uh, that being said, he won't be a Magic man, I don't think. Um, Juan Hernan Gomez is set to go to Indiana at number 20. Funny enough, he was at the same draft workout uh, over at IMG that the Magic attended in Tampa. Um, he's a t- almost 21-year-old forward basically he's he's six nine so you could put him at small forward or power forward he's he's there to be a scorer and i, I you know he, he's not going to bring any defense i i would just stay away he played at estudiantes he's gotten some good acb experience but i i would just stay away from him at this point um maybe he'll be like a damian rudez now that we're talking pacers i don't know but anyway i think magic fans shy away from drafting any spanish player so yeah, especially since Fran Vasquez still uh, will never show up. And I think Rob Hennigan, I think I got him to admit it two, three years ago that uh, Fran is never going to come over. So, uh, But Fran keeps cashing those paychecks, man. He's he's becoming a legend in Spain. It's just he, he just didn't, didn't come over. So that's why you always do your draft research instead right. of just drafting guys out of the blue. So anyway, sorry, Otis Smith. Um, uh, Torian, uh, Torian Prince is slated to go to Baylor at number 21. Uh, Torian Prince is interesting because a lot of people are very high on just his physical build. You know, people's like, oh, he's 6'8", 220. He's got a heck of a wingspan, but he can kind of shoot it. Um, I'm kind of wary of Big 12 guys. I mean, Buddy Hield included, to be yeah. honest. Um, I, I would just stay away. He's a 22-year-old senior, senior. He averaged 16 points per game, six rebounds. I mean, he'd be fine on a Hawks team, but I, I just don't I, I don't see him fitting in for the Magic, especially at small forward where I think the Magic have better options there. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And look, I, I'm not an expert, right? I mean, we're, we're not seeing these guys, as we mentioned, every single day. We're certainly not getting to interview them yet. But to me, I don't see any differentiator with him as opposed to any of the other wings that come out that have come out of Baylor or that have come out of the Big 12. Uh, to me, he doesn't really move the needle. So I think that's enough said. Uh, Vita Zubac, he's another Megalex guy, you know, like Timothy Luwawu, uh, but he's a center. He's a fairly decent prospect as far as scoring centers go. I mean, he's 7-1. He's slated to go 22 to the Hornets, but again, he's kind of on like a, J- a, a potal level as far as what he would bring, so I don't think the Magic need to worry about him. Uh, 23, another Michigan State Spartan. I can't believe he's drop- people have him dropping this low, but that's what happens when you're a 22-and-a-half-year-old senior is people people hate on your age. But that would be the 6'6", Denzel, Denzel Valentine. We know this guy can score. We know that he could be a potentially decent two-way player. I mean, look at his stat line his senior year. He averaged 19 points per game, 7.5 boards per game, and almost 8 assists per game. I mean, that's that's a hell of a stat line. He did a whole bunch of stuff uh, at Michigan State for, for Izzo. I mean, it's crazy. I think for a time that you thought he might be one of the, might be the most talented player in the draft, do you still feel that way? Um, I think he's one of the, the most talented guys in the draft. I will give you my, my top three guys right now as far as who I think the Magic should look at. I think number one should be Deontay Davis. I think number two would be Timothy Luwawu. Third, I would probably give it to Denzel Valentine as my third guy that I would look at because that's a guy you can plug in now off the bench and he's going to get probably eight points per game for you immediately at a fairly efficient clip. Um, I mean, look, he, he he can shoot it. We know that. But he's pretty decent off the dribble. I think you can you can move him around a little bit. And I, I think that, you know, as a safe pick, you can't really go wrong with Denzel Valentine, whichever team picks him. And he's probably going to end up on a, on a playoff team right now. So... Um, and then I, I think if I went to a fourth prospect, I, I would say fourth would be DeMontis Sabonis for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll go through the rest real quick. I guess 24 is Malik Beasley, the shooting guard out of FSU. People love him because they're Seminole fans in Orlando, of course, so people will love him. But, you know, he, he's very athletic, but I'm, I, I don't really care for him too much. Um, DeAndre Bembry slated to go to the Clippers at 25. He's got an interesting haircut as well, Temple Temple or, uh, St. Joseph Jr., 22 years old, so he's a fairly old junior. Um, he's kind of slow, I think, for the NBA game, so I, I don't really think we'd care. I, I care much for him. Uh, DeJounte Murray, who is from Washington, combo guard, freshman, 6'5". He's almost 20 years old, though. He's kind of old for a freshman, but people call him the baby Jamal Crawford, and he kind of looks like Jamal Crawford in that he's skinny, so you don't know if he can handle the physicality of the NBA. Um, he has tunnel vision as far as going to the basket. He has a very good floater, kind of like Jamal Crawford yeah. did or still does in a way. And he chucks it a lot as well. So um, I don't know how he would get along well on this Magic team. But, I mean, for the Sixers at 26, that's probably not a bad pick for them. Um, Ante Zizic, funny that he many, – many had him going possibly up in the lottery and then maybe had him around in the second round. Uh, he's the center from Zagreb, and, you know, seven foot. Again, he's in that kind of podal characteristics as you don't really need him since you got Vucevic. Zhao Qi, my man, 28. the uh, My favorite and only Chinese prospect right. from this draft class. Uh, slated to go to the Suns at 28. Um, he's expected to stay overseas uh, for at least another season. So if you're drafting him, you're drafting him knowing that you can't get him for another year. And I don't think the Magic or anyone should really think about using a first-round pick on a guy like that. Interesting thing about him is that now it's coming out that uh, a lot of the top decision-makers for teams think that he's older than his listed age of 20. So maybe he stays another year in China and he comes over as a 30-year-old rookie. Yeah, it'd be funny to see like a nice little you know stash or something or a goatee to match it. But uh, And then lastly, you got the Spurs picking at 29 with Damian Jones, uh, center from Vanderbilt. And then you got another center going to the Warriors at 30 in Diamond Stone. Um, maybe they're expecting Festus Azili to walk and you right. don't know if Andrew Bogut can actually like play again um, after this postseason. So. What yeah. better way to close out the projected first round than with the best name in the draft? You, you're a big man on on Diamond Stone. You're big on that name. 
I'm big on the name. I'm not big on him, but no. I'm, I'm, I'm big on the name. I think that's sweet. I think Damian Jones and, and Stone, they're, they're both guys that have the potential to be forces in the paint, but I, I don't care for them that much. They're kind of stiffish for me. They're, I mean, it's uh, again, the Magic really, if they fall to 41, then the Magic can think about it, but I doubt they fall to 41. I think their range is literally like 25 to 40 for both guys. So um, I kind of already went over like my top three guys that I would pick. I said Deontay Davis, I said Luwawu, and I said Valentine with Sabonis kind of knocking on the door. I got no problem with any of those four guys if the Magic want to go get them. Um, I think the Magic should stay the hell away from Scal. But uh, any final thoughts? I don't know if you got a top three or if, I don't know if you got a preference out of the out of that projected 30 on who the Magic should get that they can feasibly get. Obviously, that's why we kind of talked about the top eight because the Magic probably can't get the top eight without trading up. Yeah, I think uh, DeMontis Sabonis would be my number one prospect. I'd be happy if we came away with him. Uh, other than that, I'll trust Rob's judgment, but I think that a front court player would be preferable, as we mentioned. Uh, we talked about the presumably the top thirty players in the draft, so we're going to end up with one of them. Uh, all you know, all things considered. So let's talk about your predi- your pr- uh, prediction for draft night. Who do we end up with? Do we make a trade? And how does it play out on midnight, uh, you know, Thursday going into Friday? So I think the Magic actually make a trade, but it's not going to be an enormous one. I think they find a way to trade Ersan Ilyasova for something. Um, I, I really can't tell you what at this point. It, it could be for a small bad contract and like a pick. It could be just to get him completely off the books instead of having to pay him four hundred thousand dollars and let him let the other eight million walk. You know, I, I don't know, but um, yeah, I I think the Magic will actually keep it fairly fairly boring uh, as far as I think they'll just end up keeping the number eleventh pick. I don't doubt that they'll actually try to to maybe get another pick in the first round. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, the trade the trade exception is very intriguing for me. Um, that the Magic still have from the Channing Fried deal. I think they got about $7 million left on that traded player ex- exception. So um, whether the Magic use it or not, or they just kill it off come July, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I, I don't expect the Magic to do too much in that regard. They certainly have a lot of room to maneuver, as you mentioned, trade exception. Uh, and they're picking in an intriguing spot. So I think my prediction is that there will be a small deal. They'll be involved, uh, you know, uh, tangentially evolve, uh, involved. I wouldn't be surprised if they moved down a couple spots like we mentioned before. Uh, I think at the end of the day, the Magic will walk away with Deontay Davis. I'm, I'm more than thrilled with that. I think that that would be a heck of a steal. And on that note, we appreciate you for uh, listening in to uh, our first round analysis of the 2016 draft. And uh, we hope you uh, listen to our part two one when we go into the second round because we got some not just intriguing names, but guys maybe you haven't heard of and probably guys we haven't ever heard of. So we'll talk to you again soon.